This is a teaching from Grace River Church in O'Fallon, Missouri. Our prayer is that this sermon will help inspire you to take the next step of your faith with Jesus Christ. Hey, what's up? My name is Chris. I'm lead pastor here at Grace River Church, and I want to say thank you so much for watching online at home today. My hope is you take a next step on your spiritual journey as you meet, know, and follow Jesus through this teaching. Today, we start a brand new series called Extraordinary. We're going to be talking about how to live a life of significance. I think every single one of us were made to live a life of significance. Nobody wants to live an ordinary life. No one wants to live a boring life where you just operate uh, at your job at a nine to five, where you build uh, your retirement fund, where you do all of these things. You go on vacation maybe once a, once a week, uh, once a year, it's a week-long vacation, like whatever it is that you're doing with your life, I think every single one of us want to live beyond ordinary, to live an extraordinary life. And this is the life that God has called all of us to go and live. That's the unique thing about every single one of us. Every single person is a child of God. Every single person uh, God has a dynamic, awesome plan for. And my hope is that you decide to live out that plan. My hope is that you make the conscious choice, the conscious decision. And what's super interesting is it's a series of decisions, but really it's just one decision. So throughout uh, this sermon series, we're going to be talking about how you can live uh, a beyond ordinary life, an extraordinary life. And so that's been my hope and my prayer for you as you take a next step. And today we're going to talk about really two things that you can do to live an extraordinary life. But uh, Ephesians chapter one was written by the apostle Paul. And he says this in verse four, he says, even before... He, that was God, made the world. God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. Here's the thing. God chose you before he chose the Pacific Ocean, before he chose the Atlantic Ocean, before the Rocky Mountains were formed, before there was light and darkness, God had you on his mind. Isn't that unbelievable? Like when you think about verse four, even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us. Like, hey, you are not ordinary. You are chosen. In fact, the very fact that you're listening to this right now should help you to understand something, that God picked you for his team. You know, growing up, I was the kid on the playground that always got picked last. It was a bummer, man. You know, like, I wasn't the athletic kid. I wasn't the charming kid. I was kind of a loner on my own. And I remember the days of what it felt like to be on the playground, playing dodgeball or playing wiffle ball um, and being picked last. It's kind of funny because in my adult life, I still kind of get picked last in sporting events. Uh, but like, because I'm, I'm a little bit athletically challenged, but I, I have enough. I'm not as insecure today and I can handle it. But here's the beauty of God is there isn't a B team when it comes to God or a C team. Like you are God's pick. If there's a fantasy football draft or a fantasy baseball draft, God is saying, I want him, right? Uh, if there's a group of people hanging out, God is saying, I want her. Like God wants you. He chose you. And I think it's really significant. So today I want to actually look at the moment that some of the first disciples were called by Jesus and they were chosen. They were chosen to follow him. And I want to look specifically at the life of Peter here as we walk through this. So Matthew chapter 4, verse 18. Uh, this is really cool. So Matthew 14. One day, as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, also called Peter, and Andrew, throwing a net into the water, for they were fishing for a living. So these guys were fishermen. They were brothers. 
They had a small business where they were catching fish. I think that's really significant. They also worked with their dad. I think that's also significant as well. And so they're catching fish, not with a rod and reel, but with a net. And they've been trying to work at catching fish all night long. This is the morning whenever Jesus comes and approaches them. And so Jesus called, called out to them. He said this, come and follow me and I will show you how to fish for people. What a unique moment. Jesus asks them to do one big thing here. I want you to follow me. And this decision was so big. This decision would change both of their lives forever. And then they left their nets at once and followed him. So it's not like they delayed. What is super interesting about this is that the moment that Jesus asks them, they just do it. And it's wild. And then in verse 21, a little further up the shore, he saw two other brothers, James and John, sitting in a boat with their father Zebedee, repairing their nets, and he called them to come too. And they immediately followed him, leaving the boat and their father behind. Like, time out for a second. These other guys, we back this up to verse 21. We look at James and John, they're in a fishing business as well. Like this is their, this is their employment, this is what they do for a living. And they do it with their dad, their father Zebedee. And the two boys, the two, like, the two sons of Zebedee, they decide, James and John, I guess we'll go do this. They left their dad behind. I mean, if you, can you imagine if that happened today? Like your, your son or your daughter comes home and says, hey, I'm going to leave the family business and I'm going to, I met this guy named Jesus. He's got long hair and wears sandals and a robe and I'm going to follow this guy around if that's cool with you, mom and dad. Like, can you imagine? Like, I don't think so, right? Like, I mean, I call the cops. I'd like, what kind of crazy cult are you joining? What is this all about, right? There's some, a significant thing happening here though, which I think is really important. And even, even Luke gives us deeper detail. Uh, the gospel of Luke also shares this account and he kind of gives deeper detail about the same calling of the disciples. Look at this in Luke chapter 5, verse 4. And this comes down to that single decision that I talked about. Luke 5, verse 4. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, this is Peter again, now go out where it's deeper. The reason, you may wonder, why did Peter leave everything behind? Like, in Matthew's gospel, he says, hey, come and follow me, and they leave their nets right there immediately, and they follow Jesus. But like, Luke's gospel gives us a little more insight on what actually happened that day. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, now go out there where it's deeper and let down your nets and catch some fish. So again, it's morning. Here's what Peter says. Master, we worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. What you got to know about the Sea of Galilee is that you wouldn't fish in the daytime in the Sea of Galilee because the fish never bit. Uh, it would have been a waste of time to fish in the day. And so what they learned is they would fish at night. And this particular night, they had caught no fish, which is a bad day for business because if you don't catch any fish, you don't make any money. If you don't make any money, you don't feed your family. Now, uh, he says this, Peter says this to Jesus, we worked all last night and didn't catch a thing. Here, here's the significant moment here. But if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. Now, if you go on to read this story, what you'll find out is they caught so much fish that it almost sunk the boat. They had to get help pulling in the nets. And Jesus had performed this amazing miracle in their life. And they look at each other and they say, okay, we're going to go follow this guy. We're going to join his team. And so one single decision 
can change your life. And that's what I need you to understand today about living an extraordinary life. It really boils down to one big decision. Will you make Jesus the Lord of your life? Will you follow him? That is the big decision. So living an extraordinary life really requires two things. It means following Jesus. Like that's really what it means. Matthew 4, 19 in the story, Jesus called to them and said, come and follow me. My question to you today is, who or what are you following? You see, whenever you follow, you have to leave other things behind. What's really extraordinary about this story is they left their fishing business behind. Like they had something going on. They had a plan for their lives and they left it behind. And I wonder for you, like, what is it going to mean for you to leave something behind? Like, what is it for you? Is it leaving behind a relationship? Is it leaving behind an addiction? Is it leaving behind your past? Like, what is it for you that you just know, man, I better leave that behind because I know this, man. We all got some stuff that's holding us up, that's tripping us up. And if you look at what it means to really follow Jesus, it means dropping all of that stuff and immediately following after him. But that comes down to one single decision. That one single decision would go on to change Peter's life. Peter would later be the person that would establish the first church. Peter would later be the person that would speak on the day of Pentecost and thousands of people would begin to follow Jesus because of his yes. So many other people would later on go on to say yes as well to Jesus. There are literally billions of people that have said yes to making Jesus the Lord of your life. And I believe their yes may have started with Peter saying, yes, I'm going to drop my net and follow Jesus. And I wonder what it is that you need to drop today. Like in order for you to really follow him, it's going to require you making the decision to say, I don't need that anymore. All I need is him. So I don't need the insecurity anymore. I don't need the love from the wrong people anymore. I don't need the attention from the wrong people anymore. I don't need the stuff and the things that I thought would bring me satisfaction and happiness and fulfillment. Here's the thing. All of that stuff you could spend your whole life acquiring and still admiring what everybody else has. Or you could say, you know what? I don't need all of this stuff. What I need is Jesus. See, Peter didn't need a good night of fishing. What he needed was direction and purpose. That's what he needed. And here's the good news about direction and purpose. You don't have to go to Asia and climb some mountain somewhere, right? You don't have to go... Uh, and, and go have some dark room experience somewhere where you can get clarity and purpose and understand what the, what God's plan is for your life. God's plan for your life is this. Follow Him. Follow Jesus. That's God's plan, is that every one of us would leave something behind and go running after our Savior. So what does that look like for you? It means if you're sick, of living an ordinary life, if you look at what you have and go, I know that there's more out there than all of this, I would encourage you to really think about this and go, okay, I am unhappy, I am unsatisfied with the life that I currently have. Could it be that you're unsatisfied because you're not following Jesus with every part of you? What's amazing about making Jesus Lord is this, is he's either Lord of it all or not Lord at all. 
So in order for someone to have, to be completely in charge, it means completion. Are you willing to leave it all behind? And I really believe that Peter's real life started that day. You know, the, the old saying is this, is that people are born twice. It's the day they're born, two significant days in someone's life is the day they're born and the day they find out why. And man, I, I think you need to understand something. Have you found out why yet? Like we celebrate our birthdays and that's great, right? Mine's May 29th. We celebrate that. That's fun, right? But like, how about the second day? The day you found out why you were born. The day you found out that your life isn't supposed to be ordinary, that it's supposed to be extraordinary. The second thing here is that uh, not only to live an extraordinary life, you need to follow Jesus, but you also need to fish for people. That your life isn't about you. That the good news of the gospel shouldn't stop with you. That instead, man, we get this crazy opportunity to take the same message that we've received and give it out to other people. Matthew 4.19 says this. Jesus called out to them. He said, come and follow me. I will show you how to fish for people. Like what an incredible statement that Jesus makes here. He's saying, there's nothing wrong with fishing, but I have a higher purpose, a higher calling for you. And I need you to understand something. This is the calling. If you've made Jesus the Lord of your life, this is the calling that we all have. We all have a responsibility. We all have a role to point people to the Savior. The good news of the gospel should not stop with you. So someone told you about Jesus, and now your responsibility is to go tell someone else. I heard a friend say it like this once, followers, fish. And I'm not crazy about fishing, okay? Like every year I get to go on this Montana fishing trip, and it's a lot of fun. Uh, and there's a guide on the trip that helps untangle the line. It's a pastor retreat. And I, I actually, I, every year, this is on my calendar, and I look forward to it. And it's not because I'm even crazy about fishing. I just really like the fellowship with other pastors. I like hanging out in Montana on a river. I feel like I'm Brad Pitt, although I don't look like him, right? It just feels like a river runs through it kind of moment. And I absolutely love it and live for it. But here's the thing about fish. Fish are stinky. They're disgusting. I don't even like touching them, right? But like the, the reality is, hear me, listen. The reality is this, is your life is meant for more than your occupation. See, their occupation was fishing. And I don't know what your occupation is. You could be a teacher, a doctor, a lawyer. You could be a salesman. You could be a stay-at-home mom. Like, there's all kinds of occupations out there. Your title is not what's important, though. Their title was fisherman. What was important was this, was their purpose. It wasn't about their position. It was about their purpose. Their purpose was to go and fish for people, to to go and point other people to Jesus. And they would later go on to do that. In fact, it's pretty amazing what the disciples did after the resurrection. They lived an extraordinary life. There was a moment after Jesus is crucified on the cross, before he resurrects, that some of them went back to their day jobs. They thought, well, this is over now. They had followed Jesus around for three years. And they're like, well, well, now what? And they go back to their day jobs. They're scared. They're worried about their future. They don't know what's going to happen next. And so they just go back to what they knew from before they met Jesus, before they followed him. And then Jesus resurrects. And these same group of scared disciples, many of them, nearly all of them, would die for the name of Jesus. They would be martyred. 
Some of them crucified upside down, burned at the stake, beheaded, shot with arrows, all for the name of Jesus. And why would they do this? Because they knew that following Jesus and fishing for people was the way to a significant life, a life that would outlast them, a life that would matter far beyond their expiration date, because we all have one of those coming. And I just think it's really important to think about, man, here's a big question for you to consider. Who are you close to that is far from God? Like what friend are you close to that is really far from Jesus? What, what person do you work with? Who's a coworker of yours that's far from God? The extended family member that you're close to that's far from God. The neighbor that you're close to that's far from God. And I just wonder, could it be that it's you that reaches them? Because here's the reality. Followers, fish. If you're following Jesus, you should be pointing people to Christ. Now, the overwhelming majority, statistically speaking, there's a stat out there that says 90% of Christians will never share their faith with anyone. And at Grace River, I want that stat to be flipped upside down. Like I want all of us to be the kind of person that is able to have a spiritual conversation, that's able to invite someone to church, that's able to point someone to Jesus. Because if I'm really following Jesus, followers fish. We've got an incredible opportunity coming up here in just four weeks. Easter's right around the corner. And Easter weekend, we have six different service times. And my hope is that you invite someone to Easter. My hope is that you have that relationship, build that relationship, because followers fish and followers point people to Jesus. So next steps to consider today, two of them really. Will you follow him? Like maybe you've never followed him and this is the moment for you. Or maybe you followed him in the past, but it's been a long time since you've really surrendered your life to him and said, God, I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'll go wherever you want me to go. In fact, I think in this sermon series, we're going to see some people say, you know what, I'm going to surrender and be a pastor someday or be a youth pastor or be a missionary. Like I think throughout this series, we're going to see people say, God, I'm going all in. I'm doing whatever it takes to make your name famous, not my own. So, but maybe it's just saying, I'm going to follow you in this area of my life that I've been unwilling to follow you in. I said it before, in order to really follow them, you got to lay something down. They drop their nets. What is it that you need to drop today? Is it the addiction? Is it your past? Is it a relationship? What is it that do you need to let go of today in order to follow him? The second thing is, are you fishing for people? Like, are you fishing for popularity, for accolades, for money, for fame, or are you fishing for people? The good news of the gospel should not stop with you. So today, I just wonder, where are you at on this? In fact, I'm going to pray for you right now. So would you just bow your heads and close your eyes no matter where you're at on the journey today? And I just want you to consider, are you satisfied with the life that you're living? Or does it feel kind of ordinary? I think we all have a longing for the extraordinary. And we're never going to get that until we follow him. So maybe you've never ever invited Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of your life, to follow him, to say, God, I'm, I'm saying yes to him. If you've never done that, I want to give you the chance right now to say yes to him. Maybe you're a Christian and it's been a while since you've laid something down. I also want to give you the space right now to lay something down, to drop your nets, to drop whatever false sense of security that you have and say yes to him.
Let me pray for you. Father, we thank you for this moment in our lives. Because God, we recognize, just like that passage in Ephesians says, that you chose us before the world was even made. That you had us in mind. And God, I, from the heart of a really insecure kid, that gets me every time. And God, I, I pray today for the person that has been following you for a while, but they haven't fully committed to you. Their faith is a bit circumstantial, a bit consumeristic. God, I, I pray that right now they would make a decision to drop whatever it is that keeps them between, whatever it is that keeps you and them separated. God, I pray that they would drop it. And God, I also pray for the person that hasn't made you Savior yet. God, I pray they would say yes to you in this moment. And if that's you right now, you can pray a prayer just like this. God, thank you for sending your only son for me so that I wouldn't have to live an ordinary life of sin, an ordinary life that's far from you, but instead I could have real life, an extraordinary life because of what you've done for me. So God, I believe that you sent your only son to come and die in my place. And right now in this moment, I'm confessing you and only you to be my Savior, to be my Lord. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins and for saving me. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening. We would love to see you at one of our in-person services that meet on Sunday at 8.30, 9.45, and 11 a.m. If you feel so inclined to give, you can do so at www.graceriver.cc. Have a great week.